Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Today I want to speak to you on the subject of polemics. This is what we largely do here at Fortress of Faith. And it's a word that most of us here are not that familiar with. We're familiar with another word that is kind of related in a way, and that's the word apologetics. In fact, it's a very popular term, and it's popular to study in the field of apologetics. But what I do here largely at Fortress of Faith on the radio program and in my writings and in my books, I deal with more the polemics. So let me explain what it is. Now, the reason why I'm dealing with it is because it's gotten a bad rap. A lot of people speak despairingly of polemics. And I'm here to say that if used correctly, it is extremely powerful. So let me explain the difference between apologetics to you and polemics, and we'll look at it, how it's used in the Bible as well, okay? So the, the term apologetics, let's deal with that first. Now, for, uh, well, let me explain how they're related. If you go to a courtroom, you're going to find two sides, two teams. One team is setting up arguments for defense. They're trying to prove innocence. They're trying to prove what's right and true and, and so forth. Then you have the other side. This is the prosecution team. Prosecution team is building a case and building arguments to prove guilt, to prove wrong, or to prove error, or crime, or, or something like that, okay? So here we have apologetics and polemics being used, and that's exactly what's going on in a courtroom. The defense team, that's the apologetic team. The prosecution team is the polemic team. These are the the ones who are using arguments to show wrong, guilt, and fault, and error, okay? And they're building a case in that, in that regard. Now, if you are dealing with a false religion, uh, you're not necessarily, I mean, sometimes you have to play defense because that false religion might be saying some things about your faith, your religion, your teachings, and misquoting and misstating things that they are, accu- you know, making an accusation about your religion, your faith. That's when you take on the role of the apologetics. We're going to do some of that here in the very near future. Some of my programs I'm going to be doing is purely going to be apologetic. But most of what I'm doing is polemic. That's making the charge, making accusations, and laying out a case, an argument, and laying out the proof that the other religion or the other ideology is false, faulty, wrong, and with error. And so uh, let's look at the Bible here quickly. Both of these words come out of the Bible. They come from the Greek word. Apologetics comes from the Greek word apologia. Some examples in the Bible, Philippians 1, 7, where Paul is there being charged in Jerusalem for error. And he says, hear ye my defense. Uh, Sorry, that's in Acts 22. But Philippians chapter 1, verse 17, he says, Knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. I'm going to give a defense. I'm going to give an argument for its defense. 
1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. And be ye ready always to give an answer, that's that word, apologia, to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. And so at times in our Christian life, we have to take on the apologetics of things. Now, folks, if you have young people in, in high school and college, they're still living underneath your roof. You have very uh, precious time left with them to prepare them for when they leave your roof and they go out into the world, they may be going to college, they may be going into the workforce, and trust me, if they're going to a secular college, they are going to be set upon by wolves to destroy their faith. And if they haven't been grounded in the apologetics, the defense, and prepared for the arguments that are going to be coming their way, but we need to lift them up in prayer, our young people, but folks, we've got to prepare them for that because... Uh, they're going to get torn apart big time if they're not really sound and prepared with the apologetics, the arguments to prove that creation is how we got here. And there's so many different things we can get into. We don't have time. But, uh, but they need to be prepared. Now, the polemics, to tell you the truth, that's where a lot of people are really interested to sink their teeth into that stuff because they want to, in a sense, uh, load their spiritual gun with these bullets, in a sense, to fire forth the arguments to prove that Islam is a false religion, a false teaching, and all the horrors that go on with the religion of Islam. Uh, It's the polemics that people are really more interested in getting, but they don't realize it. They think these things are apologetics, but they're not. They're really polemic. Now, um, the term polemics, has a very bad rap, and it really and a lot here in the West we look at it through our nose. It is often considered to be negative, divisive, argumentative, and we live in a society today that uh, unless you're a liberal, you know you can't speak out against anything, and if you do, you're a bigot. But if you're a liberal, you can speak out against conservatives and Christians, and you're not a bigot. Okay. So, um, but but we live in a a day where polemics, if you speak forth something that's um, disparaging against another religion or another belief system, then you're going to be attacked as a hate monger and all that kind of stuff. Now, the word polemic, even defined in the English, in our English dictionaries, the Webster dictionary right out of the gate it gives it a negative uh, connotation it says it's an aggressive attack now that's not necessarily true folks we can speak the truth without being mean belligerent uh, and accostive uh, uh, with with it there we don't uh, folks the bible tells us to speak the truth with love I was raised, my dad raised me with this, and I've said it so many times, and it has served me well, and it will serve you well if you follow this. You are seldom persuasive when you're abrasive. Uh, Being abrasive doesn't really come, you know, uh, persuade a person to your point of view. Um, You know, we, the Bible says also that we are to, uh, that our speech is to be, uh, that we are to, to, to salt our speech, so to speak, that is to be seasoned with salt. You know, when you take that food, you don't dump a whole jar of salt on your plate. You sprinkle it lightly to season it. And so 
when we speak, we need to be given in palatable uh, ways. And so now, now the term uh, polemos is where we get the Greek word polemics, polemos. Uh, we find it in Luke chapter 14, verse 31. And what king going to war? There's the word polemos. So there's going to be a, a battle here. A war against another king sitteth down not first and counseleth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. So there's going to be a conflict here, the word polemos. So in the world of arguments, there's a, there's a conflict of ideas. Uh, and the word battle, uh, we got the word battle in first Corinthians chapter 14, verse eight, uh, uh, who shall prepare himself to the battle. We got Hebrews 11, verse 34, uh, that talked about being waxed valiant in fight. There's the word polemos there. Now, although the word is used in a, the ideal, in the term, in the language of a war, our work is a spiritual warfare. We're told very clearly in Ephesians chapter 6, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Our fight's not physical. Our fight is spiritual. So the term, the ideology here, the idea of polemics, I think is well described for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. So the idea here is that our warfare is not a physical carnal battle but rather it's the pulling down of these strongholds that Paul was referring to also in Ephesians chapter 6. And let's look at that passage for a minute because I think it's, there's something we need to note here. A lot of the things that God gave us in our walk in this spiritual battle are defensive things. Again, in verse number 12, we're told, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so our, our battle, it's not physical, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. Rather, it's a spiritual battle. It's not physical. It's a spiritual battle. Wherefore, take unto you, so the next verse is, so therefore, because of that, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to uh, withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Now, I love that, that, that beginning of verse number 14, stand therefore. Oftentimes we just kind of gloss over that. We, we move on, but I want to park there for a second and make a point, folks. This is why I say at the beginning of our shows to join us at the corner of truth and courage. We're making a stand here. We're not just uh, meandering down the boulevard of truth and glorying and delighting in the truth that we know and that we have and we enjoy and the promise of our salvation through Jesus Christ. Oh, we could just glory and revel in all the, the joy of that. But folks, we need to make a stand. We must have a courage to take that truth 
to those who do not believe it, those who deny it, and those who wish for us to believe in something different. So stand, how? Having your loins girt about with truth. There's six items in this um, armor. Six things. One is for the, your, 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 the belt, the, the loins girt about with truth. The second is the breastplate of righteousness. The third is your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. So protection for your loins, for your breast, uh, breastplate, uh, for your feet, uh, and, and, and for the preparation of the gospel peace. Then we got in verse number 16, the fourth item, the shield of faith. And then we have also in verse number 17, the helmet of salvation. These are five of the six items. There's only one item that is offensive. Everything else is defensive, the sword. But let me make a, a point about this. It's not that we use the sword to swing and hack and, and just create bloodshed. No, we use the sword as a almost like a surgical tool, as a scalpel to cut out the wrong and the error. It's out there. If you use the sword without mastery and just swing it, it's going to cause harm. Rather, and, and, and this bothers me because there's some people out there, they've got a lot of zeal. A lot of Christians, they want to stand for truth, but they do it belligerently and they do more harm. And so... Uh, we want to use it carefully to cut away the sin and wrong that's in a person's life, not destroy them. There's a place for it, polemics, and that's what we're trying to do here at Fortress of Faith, to strengthen the saints against the assaults, false teaching, so that we can combat them with the truth.